Blog Talk Radio. to the Frontier Beyond Fear blog talk radio program. I'm Susan Larison-Dans, and today is Saturday, September 10th, 2022. And I have to say, I wasn't sure if I was going to do a program today because I thought I might just Um, take a little break. Last week I was unavailable for the live program and with so many things happening this week I thought well maybe I would just have a rest and just let things be quiet. Well the program really wanted to come to be today because what I'm going to talk about is a topic that we have spoken of a number of times in different ways And that topic is the unconditional love of the divine and the miracles that are all around us. I know that this program goes out to many parts of the world. And for those of you who are in the United Kingdom or in Australia or in other parts of the British Commonwealth, I want you to know how the entire world, or certainly here in the U.S., we are feeling the impact of the passing of Queen Elizabeth. And we are feeling it in a way that I suspect is happening in the U.K. as well. But it is a deep and miraculous and highly spiritual experience. And yes, there was a miracle that occurred in London, and some people showed it soon after. The double rainbow appearing very soon after her death, they said um, people were gathering, or it was right, I think it said it was an hour before her death was announced. I see different accounts of when this occurred, but I saw Um, photographs of it right away and what's so interesting is some people only showed like a really small sliver of the rainbow as if it was almost too big to take in that there was this giant double rainbow over London some people said it was right over Buckingham Palace and of course she was in a different area having died in Scotland but it didn't matter The symbolism of what occurred is remarkable. We live in a time where there is a lot, truthfully, of judgment. There is so much judgment 
of our imperfect world. And as I talked about in the last program, our very seemingly imperfect human journeys. And I sense as we feel this alchemy of energy that's coming out of these events this week, many of us are feeling something truly profound. I, I, I don't even know how to put it into words what this is. There is a healing energy. There is a love. There is um, this love for this gracious person. And we all have lived in imperfect times. Every time is imperfect. In every time, there are things that we wish wouldn't occur. And the world keeps changing and we can hope that we keep embracing love more and more but let's not assume that the past was some unloving place because there were no doubt places perhaps places we cannot quite see smaller places where love and miracles were ever present and some of those places just weren't allowed to blossom the world went down a path long ago that is not a productive one, one of strife, one of always having to find the next great weapon, always, you know, one of so many things that really emerge from fear. Fear is the basis of all of those dark things. Today, I happen to see, and, and I don't really follow all the, um, the dramas and what's so fascinating about this, this is not what I would call tabloidish. The interest in what is going on in England is not voyeuristic, it is not shallow, it is not the latest, you know, scandal, it's none of those things. Because I happened to turn on the television, and here they were talking. In fact, it was on CNN first, although I've been watching BBC a bit recently after this has occurred, and I've watched it before because I find BBC interesting because it talks about other parts of the world where in the U.S. so often we're just focused on our own news, on our news programs, and we don't hear enough about what's going on in other parts of the world. They showed how and talked about how remarkable this this um, this reconciliation of sorts publicly um, with William and Kate and Harry and Meghan and and how they all were walking together and it wasn't you know predicted or talked about in advance it just happened sometimes it takes the mystery of a passing to really see the love. Not a one of us in the midst of the divine 
is any higher than anyone else. We are each individual souls on a journey. Some have taken on some pretty tall orders in terms of what they're asked to do in life. And everyone is dealing with simply being human. And we have a tendency, and believe me, I've heard it all, to dehumanize, to demonize, to even literally attribute some really horrible, horrible things onto other people. That is based in fear. It is not based in any, any kind of love. And it has nothing to do with the divine. All there is, although technically we're, we, we are inseparable from the divine, but it is, it distances us from really feeling just how amazing that unconditional love is. It distracts us. It gives us a view of the world that is skewed. And it changes every way that we think about, um, you know, it can be other people or events. And yet even that right now, for the most part, is transcended those, those dark things. I was on Facebook and I saw a post. I almost unfriended someone, truthfully. I was just done with it. But then I let it go for now because I have a variety of friends. And usually I don't do that. And it wasn't personal. It just pushed my buttons because we, this is not a productive energy and the double rainbow represents something so very powerful, including being a miracle. I watched the service from St. Paul's Cathedral yesterday, and it was deeply reflective and moving. It really didn't matter what your particular faith was, though it was representing, of course, a particular faith, to feel the mystical, spiritual, reverential elements in this service. And they had said that anyone could come to the service. This isn't the formal funeral, which will be a week from Monday, they announced today. Anyone could come. And you could tell that people, some people had just walked in off the street. There were people in all manner of dress. You know what I thought as I was watching it? In this disruptive, divisive world, how is it there's a whole group of people, every single one of them, approach this service in a reverential, loving way? Not a one was there to disrupt anything. Even to sh any one of them could have just said something out of turn. I'm not saying anything even, you know, really dark. Just they could have just said something to be disrupted. Not a one. Every one of them. Every one of all those people in that cathedral from all walks of life, and no doubt multiple persuasions, multiple ways of thinking about things. 
There was a healing energy even there. We are not here to agree about everything. We are individual souls on a journey. It is not my way or the highway. There is not just one way. There is not just one person. There is not just one life. There is not just one group. We are all here learning together. Some of our journeys are more difficult than others. Early on, a word that I heard, which didn't come up later, applied, but was talked about on when I first heard about the Queen's death, was the word humility. Later, we heard duty and grace, and they mentioned duty as well. But there is something about humility in life. No matter what your so-called station, everybody, again, is an imperfect human being and every society is imperfect. The past is imperfect. The present is imperfect. Yet we're called to unconditional love. And in this moment, I feel I do need to read another reminder. And I have some other readings, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. From 1 Corinthians 13, as to what love is again. Let's just read through it again. Repetition is so important. And now I will show you the most excellent way. That's the end of 1 Corinthians 12. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. 
When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. What I saw in that rainbow, in those rainbows that appeared, was the utter and complete reunion of this woman with unconditional love. And I think we are looking back at the times before us and how certainly in recent years there's been this quiet, gentle sense of calm in a way, of of continuity perhaps. I don't know how to describe it. And no doubt there have been imperfections and going farther back. You can find them all over and all over the world for centuries. And I've heard that mentioned too. Love keeps no record of wrongs. We must move forward from every darkness in the far past. We must find ways to love and care about one another. And that's what we're seeing here. This healing, healing energy. This love that we didn't even realize was so powerful. And it's like it's flooding down, literally from heaven, from across the veil. As the rainbows signify, that's what it means to look in the mirror, to be fully known. Can you be fully known by the divine in all your imperfections? Are you aiming to grow in your life? We need not be judges of ourselves or anyone else. There is only unconditional love. And there is learning and there is growth. But a day will come when that reflection will be perfect. When love itself becomes revealed completely, you could literally feel her smile reflecting that to all the world. In fact, you saw it in a smile two days before she died. There's a remarkable smile. People kept saying they're not showing it as much now. It's too bad. Because one image in particular was taken. Um, She was working two days before. And she was photographed with this amazing, amazing smile. And they kept saying, oh, there's that smile we've seen so many times. And maybe to some degree, yeah. But I've seen other pictures of her smile since. And not a one comes even close to that smile. Now, we can say, well, why are we, you know, lots of people have transitioned. There have been many miracles, and we're focusing on this one person. And, you know, does it really matter at at that level to be a queen? Well, you're right in a way. 
at that level, at the divine level, we're all together. We're, we're individuals. We're valued. We talk about our lives, no doubt, or however we communicate. There's a reflection, I do believe, and it's not judgmental, on our lives, for sure. There are many things that no doubt happen. And you can't always go, by the way, by NDEs, near-death experiences, because those people have returned. So it doesn't mean that their experience isn't genuine, but it's, we can't know as a scientist, we can't know that the experience is exactly as, it wouldn't be as full as if you stay across the veil, unless you have some other way of seeing um, what that's like. So it's a glimpse, and it's real. You really did cross the veil, but you're coming back. In fact, I've always wanted to say, because some people, you know, report, um, you know, feeling judged, or there's some dark things they may feel. We, we don't fully understand the transitioning process. The more love you feel, the more real it is. There can be nothing but the purest of unconditional love. And yes, 1 Corinthians 13, as I just read, explains that very mindfully. I want to read something else that came up after that service that I was watching yesterday. I opened my British literature book. Actually, I was thinking about this program, and I was thinking, well, maybe I'll do a show with poetry, and maybe some poets will provide me the content. As those of you who listen to this program often know, I really like to share British poetry in particular, although I am not intentionally excluding other forms. I have certain books available to me here, and there are certain poets and some of the more recent poetry is under copyright, and I can't read it. But sometimes, of course, I read poetry or thoughts from other cultures, from other parts of the world. This time, there were a couple of things I opened to first, and they had some meaning. Actually, every one of the things, there were three things, had personal meaning to me. And I had been thinking about, you know, what really happens and you know, what is it really like? And there were some things that, um, that I mean, some remarkable confirmations, which um, I will not get into right now because it's rather detailed but um, and, and personal. But one of the things that happened is I opened to a writer that I actually have some familiarity with, quite a bit actually, and this person is known more as a famous artist, but also liked to think of himself as a writer and certainly was recognized as such in this series of British literature books. And um, that person is Dante Gabriel Rossetti. Dante Gabriel Rossetti lived between 1828 and 1882. And I'd like to read a bit, because what I opened to was the picture of this beautiful woman, a portrait I've seen before. 
and it's called the Blessed Damoiselle. It's a beautiful, beautiful image, and there is a poem that goes with it. We're going to read some of it. It's quite a long poem, but because I opened to this, I'm going to read it. The, the Blessed Damoiselle, the Blessed Damoiselle leaned out from the gold bar of heaven. Remember, I opened to this. This book is over 1,300 pages. And there are multiple meanings to my opening to this to this passage, but um, we're going to look at the most immediate love base. In fact, let's think of that rainbow that came down from heaven. The blessed Damoiselle leaned out from the gold bar of heaven. Her eyes were deeper than the depth of waters stilled. At even, she had three lilies in her hand, and the stars in her hair were seven. Her robe ungirt from clasp to hem. No wrought flowers did adorn, but a white rose of Mary's gift, for service meetly worn. Her hair that lay along her back was yellow like ripe corn. Her seemed she scarce had been a day one of God's choristers. This is so remarkable that I opened to this. That's exactly when I opened it. It had scarce been a day since the queen had passed away. The wonder was not yet quite gone from that still look of hers. Albeit to them she left, her day had counted as ten years. To one, it is ten years of years. So, yet now, so this is technically a young child, but when I first read that, I was thinking ten times ten, although it doesn't quite say that. But um, because, you know, the queen was close to a hundred years old. But yet now in this and in this place, surely she leaned o'er me. Her hair fell all about my face, nothing, the autumn fall of leaves, the whole year sets apace. Okay, I hadn't even seen the autumn part yet. It was the rampart of God's house that she was standing on, by God built over the sheer depth, the which is space become so high that looking downward thence she scarce could see the sun. Okay, gonna see if there's anything else. This is a long poem. Here's one, another stanza. From the fixed place of heaven she saw time like a pulse shake fierce through all the worlds. Her gaze still strove within the gulf to pierce its path, and now she spoke as when the stars sang in their spheres. Hmm. The sun was gone now. The curled moon was like a little feather fluttering far down the gulf, and now she 
spoke through the still weather. Her voice was like the voice the stars had when they sang together. I'm going to see if there's anything else in this poem I'd like to share. It is quite long. I won't share it all, and I haven't even read all of it before the show. I think we'll leave this poem, and I'll invite you to find it, The Blessed Damozel by Dante Gabriel Rossetti. He lived between 1828 and 1882. Now, I find it interesting that this show, that the poem speaks of time, because there have been some weird time things going on today with the program in terms of the different, the different things I hear when I call in, or even on my own computer. Time is like all the times aren't matching up. And that's really fascinating because when you think about beyond the veil, you really are beyond time. There is no time in the same way that we think of it here. And it's very hard to conceive of that when we are human beings upon the earth. And when we think about like the observations, another way that we've been dealing with the um, anomalies of time is when we look at what we're seeing of the universe and how the farther away you look because of the way light travels, the farther back in time you are looking. And so there's a lot of there's a lot of mystical deep um, there's a mystical deep atmosphere around what we are experiencing right now. And you could feel it in that service. What does it mean to be a mystic? I often, on my show page, describe myself as a mystic. It doesn't mean that we lose our grounding. You can lose your grounding. Um, it can take time to learn how not to lose your grounding when you choose to um, open yourself up to a more mystical feeling. But over time, it really just comes very naturally and flows. And so you see things like, you know, the double rainbow is a perfect example of how you can just feel this divine love-based connection. Many mystics, like um, um, St. Teresa is a really good example, would feel just this incredible love. And that can be fleeting. It may be an experience. It may, she actually was at times rather, well, St. Catherine of Siena, she too was very they, they It's difficult to have a, a, technically a foot in both places where you can feel the divine and you're also still in the world. Being a mystic is not anything that is unattainable. It's simply feeling something more and often seeing it confirmed. When I open a book so directly to something, and really this had even more to say, and there's far more to this than I can 
really talk about right now because we all have our personal experiences, our personal connections, our personal confirmations. And there were a couple other poets that had some rather interesting things to say. All I can say is that for me, it really confirmed that we are here to learn and grow. And um, one of the poets I had opened to, it was sort of a letter they had written. It had to do with how, you know, it's not what we expect. You know, the world doesn't quite expect. How can we know everything about beyond the veil? But we can trust in love. It has to do with trust. It has to do with knowing what is truly right, what um, what love would say. There is a deep, deep trust that you can feel when you experience that love of the divine. And yes, many of the nuns in the past would have these experiences. They had a lot of time on their hands to experience these things. We get distracted in our modern world, but it's still possible, feel, to notice, to see the double rainbow. On this program, there's a double rainbow that I took a picture of um, only within the past couple of months. I can't share, you know, pictures that come from another source, so I picked one of my own. I went and looked for it. I thought, there has to be a rainbow. I'd almost forgotten. Oh, yeah, there was a double rainbow. These things in nature, you know, how wonderful it is that the queen was in this beautiful place. And yes, let's not put her up on some huge pedestal, but she took on a pretty challenging role in life as a soul. As a soul. That doesn't mean there aren't challenging roles in total obscurity. In fact, lives can be much more challenging. But, you know, this particular role was going to have some impact on the planet. And as she's passed, there is this sense of peace, of healing energy. In fact, someone just mentioned to me that the Day of Peace or World Peace Day or something like is coming up pretty soon, that it'll just be a couple days after her funeral. We need to find our way to aim higher. I do it too. I get all wrapped up in, you know, what's the truth? What is, what's going on here? There are dark things that happen on the planet. And as many of you know, I often question, you know, where we are going in our technological world and how we started a long time ago. And it was all about fear and all about, you know, survival and all about, um, mistreating other people or, um, you know, because of fear, because of survival, because of impulses that were unhealthy, that are really more like, um, you know, not even based in love, more, it, it, it really is our fear-based survival instinct that leads to many, many dark things. When we can find a way 
to transcend above that, even when we're living not so easy lives. When we can find a way to forgive, when we can find a way to love keeps no record of wrongs, when we can find a way to a kind of um, thinking about things where we aim to heal people, where we aim to help people, we don't just, you know, lock someone up and throw away the key unless there's just no chance that they can live in a way that um, is safe in society. Um, we look for ways far too often nowadays. We don't look deep enough. There's always some money to be had or some agenda. We're not compassionate. You can be realistic. You can be both. We don't think about what unconditional love would do. We have a lot to learn about the divine. This time, I kind of, because the clocks are so askew, I lost track of those people in the live show audience, but I always appreciate it. And those of you who were listening live and now found the podcast to listen to the rest, thank you. And as usual, I was happy that Blog Talk Radio, thankful, always thankful that they they highlight the live program. I opened also. In fact, I had a little problem with, okay, some of these were just too complex. Sometimes I do open to things that are not meant to be presented on the program, but they may have some meaning. Sometimes they don't seem to have a meaning. Maybe I'll return to it. Everything has some meaning. But I found it interesting. I opened to John Donne because they had talked about John Donne having been the author of the words in an anthem that was sung at that service. And I don't have those words, but I opened to this poem, and I'm going to read some of it. John Donne lived, again, another British poet, very famous, between 1572 to 1631. And I've opened to love's growth. Although there probably, I see some other poems on this page that may be meaningful as well. I scarce believe my love to be so pure as I had thought it was because it doth endure vicissitude and season as the grass. Methinks I lied all winter when I swore my love was infinite, if spring make it more. But if this medicine love, which cures all sorrow with more, not only be no quintessences, quinta quintessence ah, quint I know this word, I'm just struggling with it. Um Quintessence with more, not only be no quintessence, always easier to write than to speak, but mixed of all stuffs, painting soul or sense, and of the sun his working vigor borrow, love's not so pure and abstract as they used to say, 
which have no mistress but their muse, with, with a capital M. But as all else, being elemented too, love sometimes would contemplate, sometimes do. And yet not greater but more eminent, love by the spring is grown, as in the firmament stars by the sun are not enlarged but shone, gentle lovedies as blossoms on a bough, from love's awakened root do bud out now. If as in water stirred more circles be, produced by one, love such additions take, those like so many spheres but one heaven make, for they are all concentric unto thee. And though each spring do add to love new heat, as princes do in times of action get new taxes and remit them not in peace, no winter shall abate the spring's increase. So I just turned to that and wanted to share it about love. But there is another one, and I haven't even read it. So I don't know if I'll read this, but it has to do with weeping, um, a valediction. In fact, I turned to more than one poem that had to do with someone passing, which I find very interesting. But I think I'll leave it at that because I know this can get a bit obtuse and a bit abstract, especially when I read just spontaneously. But I know that poem has meaning to someone who needed to hear it. And it has to do with love. Once love exists, it doesn't get retracted. We are in the midst of infinite love. That rainbow, that feeling of healing, this sense of miraculous alchemy that's happening right now, let's embrace it. Let's find a way to love one another. We can look to the past, to the fear-based things that have occurred in the far, far past, or in our own lives, or today down the street. But love is greater than them all, and ever-present, and can help us every day to change and grow. Look at the simple beauty. You know, the, the new king. I've hardly heard Charles speak. You know, in the United States, we really, I mean, years ago, we tended to hear more, you know, because there was so much, there was a lot of drama going on and things. But in recent years, we really haven't heard much from him. And um, his message was, was very loving, the new king. And when I saw, um, and, and yeah, okay, let's revisit these are people who are very visible, who as souls have taken on a very visible role in life. And as such, it can be symbolic for the rest of us as well. 
look at the reconciliation among these siblings because there have been some, you know, stress here and, you know, some really deep hurt and all kinds of things going on. Why is it that love heals these things mysteriously? It's not always about the details. It's about the love. It's about love keeps no record of wrongs. That's fear. Fear brings us to challenging places. We can get very focused on some story that we see. That story may be real. There could be real harm that we've experienced. Everyone has experienced real harm in some to greater degrees than others, for sure, and maybe experiencing it right now. But let's never forget that love is stronger. Love will deliver us in time. We are growing through some pretty challenging experiences as souls sometimes. But we make things, we build fences with no gates. We need to find the gates. We need to create them. We need to trust. Trust sometimes involves reaching out before you fully trust at all. That's love that's helping us. That's releasing fear. Some would say, oh, it's naivete. Well, sometimes perhaps. There are dark things in the world. And we need to be aware that they exist. But love can reconcile every difference, every distance. I was going to say that truth. That's the truth as well. Okay, I'm going to draw this very spontaneous, unexpected program, in a way, to a close. It's been a little, I don't know, sometimes they flow so smoothly, and sometimes we're really working with something, and it's not as easy to express. That's okay. That's exactly where we need to be. We're doing the work. Love truly can help us. That double rainbow had a lot to say. Are we going to listen to it? Take care, everyone. I expect to be here next week. This show normally airs Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. I hope you see the miracles around you in this coming week. Mm-hmm.